Yora from your Every Nation Southside family here in Pepitoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. Um, the name of the sermon this morning is Fear Not But Believe God. Fear Not But Believe God. Uh, the text this morning is found from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 1. And um, it starts from verse 8 all the way to 17. Uh, the version that we're using is the ES, ESV. And so, uh, but before we get into that, uh, this is the encounter that uh, Zachariah had with the angel while he was on duty. And so, uh, to begin, um, just to talk a little bit about angels. And uh, I'm just thinking in society. Society has a different concept of angels. Um, thoughts are likely one is a little bit like an angel. Okay, that was kind of like a bit weird. Of course, that's talking to, you know, uh, your, your wife. So it's like, uh, yeah, so we have these, you know, and sometimes, you know, even if you have a relative, you know, you, you have that, oh, it's an angel uh, associated with that word angel. Or we can see some now, or not now, but more so when it's... Um, Valentine's, you can see Cupid, the, what is it, the, uh, chubby, the chubby angel with the, with the bow and arrow. Um, so, and more recently with Marvel, some of the characters that are angels. And so, even in today, we have some idea of society of what angel is. However, God's angels are not just world sees. They are actually messengers. Um, and so they are heavenly beings. Uh, they have superpowers and they are able to destroy cities. Uh, and I'll give you a few examples of that. But let's read from Luke 1 verse 8. 17. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom, of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth 
Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be the great for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready the Lord a people prepared. Now, in 2 Kings 19.35, this is talking about, uh, this is a picture of those powerful angels. This is a time when uh, the king of Assyria was going to attack King Hezekiah. This is verse 35. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. That don't sound like Cupid to me. This is Isaiah 6, verse 2 and 3. Above him were seraphim, each six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Wow. What a picture of an angel. And then in Genesis 19, the story of Lot, where there were two angels that were sent there to rescue his family and to tell him to leave because God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And so with these three examples, you can see that the angels that we think about in our heads or what we see around is so different than from the angels that is talked about in the Bible. An angel in the Bible means messenger. It means messenger. And often in the Bible, when an angel would appear talking to somebody, the phrase that they would say would be something of fear not or don't be afraid. And it's as if the angel is trying to give them comfort and tell them that the message I'm about to bring to you is that of peace. And so the story that we're talking about today is along those lines. Uh, Let me try and paint a picture of what was happening that day when Zechariah encountered the angel. It's estimated that during the time of Jesus, there was about 20,000 priests serving in, in the church or in the temple, serving in the temple. And you can find this in Exodus uh, 37 to 3. So they would perform their duties. And the duty that fell on Zechariah was a really privileged one. And this one is chosen by Lot and 
you may get to do this duty perhaps once in your lifetime. And so when Zechariah was chosen to perform this duty, this was big for him. It's once in a lifetime. So this was a great honor for him. Um, before dawn, hundreds of worshipers gathered at the temple. So this particular setting happens once a year. This is when, this is the story that we're talking about here. That uh, when Zechariah was performing its duty, this was an annual event. This happened once. And he was chosen as the, as the priest who would go in and burn incense. So it's kind of like this. You've got the multitude of people perhaps looking like this. Some estimate that it's in the couple of hundreds in the hundreds. And these are the people that are ready to go out and worship God. In front of them are the Levites. And they could be lots, 50, maybe 100. And so you've got the congregation, you've got the priest, and then there's a guy with something like an instrument, like a gong. And they would come from the outer gate, and the guy with the gong would be something like this. And behind them are the priest, the Levite priest. And they are leading them in. Now when they come in, then they begin their worship to God. Perhaps something like what we did this morning. So they worship God in this place. And they're here. And they're facing towards the temple. So this is now in the front of the temple. Now before them is a big massive curtain. And in this curtain, there is another room. And in that room is something like an altar up here. On the side here is a thing like a lampstand. And in here, only one priest can go in there. So this is the curtain here. No one can go through there. The people are worshiping here. And here is where Zechariah is going to perform his duties. You get the picture. Congregation all the way here with the Levites worshiping God. In here, this is where Zechariah is going to perform his duties. And so he leads them in. Now, to go in there, there are two other priests that would help him set up what he needs to do in there. Now, those priests would go and set up. Soon as they come out, the whole congregation are now praying. Something like perhaps all of them, you can just envision the children of Israel. They are perhaps on their knees, something like this, praying to God, all facing this way. So that's the picture. They're all waiting because soon as those priests come out, soon as those priests come out, they are ready to pray. And while they are praying, Zechariah up here is burning incense. Not quite sure how that is, but there it is, the altar up here with the coals, the lampstand, and he is burning incense. Now, where he is burning incense 
is another big curtain. goes all the way up. And behind that is the holiest of holy. Only one priest is allowed to go in there. The high priest. So this is taking place here. And the holiest of holy is behind there. We get the picture? Okay, so this setting happens when Zechariah is performing his duty. Now let's go to the verse. Verse 11. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. So I'm trying to imagine here he is doing his duty. No one's in there with him. It's just him. And so perhaps he's looking down and then he sees this angel standing there. Maybe he's looking around trying to think. Now let me put some context to this. Before this book was written, the Old Testament, the last book of the Testament, there is a 400-year gap between the last book of the Old Testament and the New Testament. 400 years. 400 years of silence. Don't, we have the privilege of reading all the chapters because it's put nicely put before us. But in this time, there was silence between the last book of the Old Testament and the New Testament. That means it was pretty rare. It was pretty rare to have the prophetic word around or to get a visitation from an angel. So not only was it rare, I can totally relate to Zechariah when he saw the angel. You're not too sure what to think. I haven't, I was going to say I haven't seen an angel, but you know, to win some brownie points. But I can relate to what Zechariah was saying and how he reacted. We'd probably all react that way. But it also said that fear fell upon him. Let's take it down before we come back to. Uh... So, not forgetting what's happening here. Zechariah has an encounter with the angel. And the multitudes are waiting. Now the importance of that is they're waiting for him to come out. Perhaps it's that they would carry on the worship. But they're on their knees. Perhaps they're quiet, silent. So there's perhaps this silent throughout the, the people worshiping, waiting for Zechariah to come out. But as we see, Zechariah's in fear. Verse 11, and there appeared an, to him an angel of the Lord. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear, and fear fell upon him. 
But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zechariah, for your prayers have been answered. For your prayers have been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John, and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will, he will be great before the Lord. So I'm reading all this. It's like uh, sometimes when, uh, if I'm watching something, especially if I'm watching the rugby and my wife's talking to me. I'm taking that by the response, some of you can relate. <laughs> She's talking to us. It doesn't matter how important the information is, it will just go one ear out the other ear, unless it's something to do with some other sport. <laughs> Ever seen those cartoons where it's like, the you know, has that little caption and it lights up, so... You know, she could be talking about something else, then she's the Oplex, and it's like, ding! What did you say about the Oplex? <laughs> you know, she could be telling me about what the kids have been having. It's like, yes, 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 yes. The Oplex, ding! I'm kind of thinking of something like that with Zachariah. Let's back it up. The angel just told him a whole bunch of great things that his son and his prayer has been answered. Well, let's have a look at it. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John. In verse 24 of the same chapter, let me read it out to you. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. One version says about this, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when looked down on me to take away my reproach. That's that version. The next one it says, what the Lord has done for me will keep the people from looking down on me. I'm trying to paint a picture of what was like in her heart now that her prayer has been answered. Another version says, sorry. This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. You can hear the despair that's in her voice that finally her prayers are answered. Zechariah missed that one. He was so gripped with fear. It said also here that they were of age. And when I read that, I, I'm just thinking also about just some of the prayers that we pray. Let's say they were in their 60s. Let's just say they're in their 60s. And the angel had visited them at 60. That is a long time that they were on their knees praying to God. You can hear in her, in her response to God, when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace. This wasn't her doing. 
she is pretty much saying that she, perhaps people labeled her disgraced because she couldn't have kids. That's some long years of carrying that tag on her life. People looking down on her with disgrace. We have here some prayer warriors. And if that wasn't enough, his wife having a baby, what about this? This is talking about John, the baby that's about to be born. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. How we need a John right now for some of our kids that have gone. Wouldn't that be an answer for us today? A John like that. Kids that would turn their hearts back to their dads, to their fathers. He did not kind of grasp what was before him. It says he must not drink wine or strong drink. What about this? And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. I know I can easily go past that, but let me put some weight behind that. Jesus' disciples had to wait for Jesus to die and then the day of Pentecost came for them to receive the Holy Spirit. This kid has got it in him before he's even born. Easy to miss that one. It said they received power when the Holy Spirit fell on, on the day of Pentecost. He has got it in his mama's womb. It's like you've got to grasp the news that this guy is getting. But you know what it is? It's fear. Fear. Are you kidding me? Even the spirit of Elijah. Not just the Holy Spirit, a prophet activating in the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding me? But that's often what fear does. Makes you miss everything. Fear can just come in there and just has a grip on you that you it's like even the best news that you hear, it's like one ear gone out the other. Here's a thought too in there. John is meant to be the forerunner for Jesus, right? He is coming to prepare the way for the Savior that's coming. Can you see the enemy still trying to work in there? Trying to stop what God is doing. Bringing fear. His plan is still the same today. Hasn't changed. God calls us great, but our circumstances bring fear to us. In fact, the way Christmas spirit works, some people when it comes to Christmas, we can relate to Zechariah in that part. Christmas, you mean I gotta spend more money? Christmas, you mean I gotta have people around that I may not like? 
Come on now. When I first read this, you can easily kind of stand on the tall ground and say, Sakho, I hate this. Not, you did not get it. I'm finding myself liking relate to this guy more and more. He will turn many of the children of Israel. Hold on a second there. That's a nation. We're praying for leaders. He is a leader. Nations. Not just Jerusalem. He is talking about Israel. I don't think he kind of grasped how big this news is. I don't think he kind of, all he saw was an angel and fear fell upon him. Meanwhile, the congregation are still waiting. Kind of like just how you're waiting at the moment. <laughs> we'll be done and then we'll go to lunch. <laughs> but meanwhile, the poor people there. <laughs> I mean, you can kind of imagine what they're thinking. Hey, what's going on in there? I wonder what the other two priests, you go in. No, you go in. <laughs> Do you know what happens on the other side of the wall there? A fire comes down and consumes the priest. <laughs> you can kind of imagine their conversation that's having there. Oh my gosh. What shall we do? And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom. That is some awesome verse. Some guys that are really strong-headed, he's going to turn them around and make them believe why it is that he's got to give their life or why they need to repent. I mean, that would be an awesome son to have, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm just thinking, when my mom tells Millie some of those stories, I can really see my mom be like one of these ladies praying, God, please use him. As I'm sure some of you keep praying for your children. But can you imagine that? He would have the wisdom to turn them back. Oh, how much we need God's wisdom today with some of our generation. How much we need his wisdom. How much we need to put into flight those kinds of prayers. We're finding in our family, it's like, God, please use our children. And then God opened up these opportunities that we can't afford. It's like, really? So now we're learning to also pray for resources. You know, it's kind of like you ask God for something. Well, he's going to be faithful to answer your prayer. And so we're learning. It's not just, you can't just stop with the one thing that you pray for. You've got to keep thinking. You've got to keep activating prayer. You've got to keep thinking along those lines. God, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me pray. What is it that they specifically need? This is not just a story of God's faithfulness. This is also a story of a couple that were faithful in prayer. 
You can imagine also with Zechariah just the despair of not being able to give a child to his wife. Here's the funny thing. He was chosen by Lot. Because we can see the end of the story, this is not random. Eh? How he was chosen was not random. God knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly the man he was going to pick. He knew exactly. Because according to this, whoa, let's just go there. Verse 5, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron. She came from a family of priests. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walked blamelessly in all commandments and statutes of the Lord. Hold on a second here. They were righteous and they obeyed God, but yet they still couldn't have kids. God, I've served you all my life. I'm righteous. Why have you not answered some of my prayers? And if they had this child at a late age, later age in life, It really gives you a picture of their faithfulness towards how they serve the Lord. So let's go back to the picture. So now the church is still praying. And finally he comes out. You can imagine these, hey, what happened? Hmm, 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 hmm. Huh? It said there that he couldn't speak. Because he did not believe the angel, he was not able to speak until the time of John's birth. So you can imagine the congregation. Hang on. This guy went in there, took ages, come out, and now he can't speak. Kind of sounds like what goes on in our church. Just kidding. But you can imagine the rumors that's going around. You can imagine how he's thinking. Finally get a chance and now there'll be more rumors about me. But all this is because of a bigger purpose that's about to happen. Bigger purpose. We are so privileged we get to see that bigger picture in the papers of what the Gospels look like. But you can imagine the challenge that they faced then. Point number one. Believe that God can intervene. Believe that God can intervene.
God intervened in Zechariah's personal life. God hit him right where it mattered, right here. You can imagine the despair that he's had for so many years. But when he met God, God spoke right into his situation, and that was in his heart. B, God intervened in his career. God put you in that place that you're working in. Some days it's a challenge, I'm sure. Some days you wonder why it is that I'm working at that place. God is still in control. I'm sure that there are times when we see the story where there was a lot of, you can see that in Elizabeth, in her response when her prayer was answered. Sometimes we may not be able to see the bigger picture because we want a now result. But God is still in the picture. So he also intervened in his career. See, God had intervened in Israel's 400 years of prophetic famine. For 400 years, there was silence. And now history was about to change. Israel was about to change. D. God intervened in the world history by announcing the coming of Jesus. This was the big one. This wasn't just about a kid that was born in this little town. This is about a king that's about to come, a savior that is about to come. And he needed John. John was the forerunner, remember? John is the guy that's going to be baptizing Jesus. God is the guy that before even Jesus died and they were preaching about repentance, John was already baptizing them of repentance. Point number two, believe that God's answers are bigger than our prayers. Believe that God's answers are bigger than our prayers. God gave him a child, a child who would later announce the arrival of Jesus. He hadn't quite fully got the picture of when the angels spoke to him. But we know as we read the book of John what kind of man he was. B, this child will bear the spirit of Elijah. A prophet, Elijah. Point C, this child will break the 400-year prophet silence. And point D, this child will pave the way for the ministry of Jesus. What I can take away from looking at the story of Zechariah is that God's faithfulness is so great. Don't be surprised that when you pray prayers, God is going to be faithful to answer. Last point is that believe that God quiets down our unbelief. Believe that God quiets down our unbelief.
perhaps the fears that you have at the moment are perhaps relationship, perhaps work. The story of Zechariah is that when the angel said, fear not, God was about to bring an answer. And in closing, whatever it is that you're going through, God is still in charge. But the word for us is fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God is with us. This story was that Jesus the Savior was about to come. He was about to come. The Messiah, the deliverance, he was about to come. And my hope that as we go away from here today is that you can put your hope and your trust in God. Let me pray.